The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. I got a fever, and the only prescription is smoking. Over the line! This. I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line. That's a problem. Is the cigar authority. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? The authority. Is that a serious question? On everything cigar. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. And out of the cigar industry. Sounds pretty awesome. With your host. You have to use so many cuss words. David Garofalo. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Mr. Jonathan. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Barry Stein. Have a scotch on the rocks. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, a single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengow. Any Glen. It's time to light them up. Sounds really fun. It's time. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, December 16, 2017, broadcasting live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. And with us today, the original partner of Drew Estates, now a brand manager of The Upsetters. Is he upset? We'll find out when he joins us here on the stage. And let's find out if we got it right with Cigar Journal Magazine. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to be back. They say Florida. You go down there, you're going to be nice and warm. It was 50 degrees. I was there for three days. It was 50 degrees, rainy, and actually felt a lot colder than 50 degrees. Really? Maybe the humidity in the air or whatever it is. Everybody's bundled up. It was maybe 30 degrees here and snowing. I think I'd rather be 30 degrees and snowing than 50 degrees down there and raining. Fair enough. Hey, I gotta say, I gotta say to my uh, partners in crime over here, Barons, yes, and Ed Sullivan, both stepped it up big time last week and and played an active role in the show, and they they helped to make the the show what it was, which hopefully met or exceeded your expectations. It they had met to be my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> expectations had to be pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> it met my expectations. No, good. It was good. I, I listened to live for maybe the first 45 minutes or so. Were you yelling at the phone or anything? No. Nope. Uh, as I was getting ready, but then it was uh, the 2 o'clock. Uh, had to go to the services of there, and I'll get into uh, all that with you. Uh, we got a, a little gift here from Sean Rogers out here in the audience because he's the gentleman. Maybe we should have him be the, the, should, do the debonair segment. Should he be the guy because... Uh, just always the, the nice extra things he does. Does this mean we can drink on the show? Yes. No. You can, you can drink on the show. I'm going to pass. I'm going to put this aside for wow. to take home uh, the That's 1888. At the risk of driving with an open bottle after the show, I'm going to leave ah, my Ah, that's clothes. true. That's true. Very nice. Thank you, Sean Rogers. They're out there. They're out there. So I'm sorry I missed uh, last week, uh, but what do you do? You know, um, you did the debonair thing. Yeah. You did the right thing. Uh, I did what I had to do because I wanted to do it anyway. Because uh, although um, 
Jose Padron, uh, and I spent a lot of time with him over the years. We've actually never had a real conversation because he speaks Spanish and I speak English. Uh, I had a lot of talks with him, and I think we understood each other. I think he liked me. I loved him. And um, he is old school, was old school, and um, I expect the Padron family to carry on uh, as George got up in the church and said, you know, he left us this beautiful company and we have to do the right thing and uh, keep it going and keep it the way it is. So uh, You get the feeling from the Padron family that even though the old man was old school, that they, they all were raised that way and that they're going to keep that hardworking mentality. You know, you go to work every single day, you put in your time. I, I feel like they're going to do the same thing. It, it's work and family. That's what he was all about. All the family together. Not only the, the fa his personal family, but it was the entire family of the cigar industry for the most part. Uh, unbelievable to see when you, you walk there of all the different cigar companies, his competitors that were all there. Uh, it was amazing. So I wrote a little editorial on there. You can go on to the cigarauthority.com on the editorials. Editorials or yeah. just scroll down about five articles. Um, as of today, yeah, because it was written five days ago, yeah. and you'll find it really easy. So, uh, in it briefly, I captured that uh, on Friday, December eighth, which is uh, the, the night of the celebration uh, at the Biltmore Hotel in Miami, they called it a night of celebrating the life of uh, Jose Orlando Padron. <coughs> Just three days prior to that, uh, the owner and founder of Padron Cigars passed away at the age of ninety-one. We're seeing this 91 reoccurring, uh, happening a lot um, with um, Avo at 91, with um, Newman at 91, and now Padron at 91. Uh, so I stopped m mocking my calendar, I guess. It's, right. Yeah, you got 34 years yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, upon uh, entering the night of celebration, everybody was handed a 1964 Padron and a little gold hammer lapel pin. And if you remember, I think you were with me, Jonathan, we went to the trade show with, with my mother, and she had a, a little gold yeah, yeah, yeah. lapel pin made for Jose and, and George. Um, and it was a little gold hammer to put on their uh, lapel, and they loved it. And uh, um, Jose was, uh, you know, again, not knowing exactly what he was saying, was showing everybody, and he, he really liked it. So they actually had them duplicated, and everybody got one of these. So you wow. see all the different manufacturers from whatever brand they were. Uh, we're talking about thousands of people, by the way, um, and everybody wearing the lapel pin, which was a nice thing. Um, and uh, that story was that a Cuban refugee official, um, when Padron was in the United States and uh, actually getting money from the government, to survive, uh, said to him, uh, do, you, do you know how to be a carpenter? And he said, yes, and he didn't, but he said yes, and he said, here, and he gave him a little hammer, and to this day, it's on display, it's what started the company, earned him the $600, $600 in 1964 that started the Patron Company. So that's how that whole thing started. Um, Outside, uh, everybody had congregated. There was an outside and an inside. Everybody was outside because everybody was smoking cigars. Um, again, cool night, but not too bad that night. It, it fell apart after that. Um, served were the favorite foods of Jose Padron only and the favorite drinks. If you wanted to have whatever you liked drinking, no. You drank what he liked drinking. I mean, even after his death, he did it his way. It's awesome. This is, this is it. And you know he planned it out. This is 
all really? pl- all planned out. I actually believe he even planned out his death. His, you know, the Padrone Number Four. Yeah. The Padrone Number Four was uh, named the Number Four after a patron saint, a woman. I don't remember her name, but um, her um, birth and death was on December fourth, and this was his saint. Uh, that he looked up to and he brought up a, a lot of times. And he said to the priest uh, upon the week of his death that, you know, this is the patron saint's uh, birthday coming up December 4th. So um, some people think he missed it by 15 minutes because he died at 12.15 on December 5th. Wow. But the fact of the matter, and he told the priest, was no, 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 that's her day. And he waited 15 minutes. Unbelievable. Gives you goosebumps, yeah. right? Absolutely. How back, crazy. Hair in the back of my neck right. just stood up. Yeah. Right? So they can turn it off when it's time. It was his time to go, and that, that's what it was. But the respect of the different manufacturers that were there was unbelievable. A lot of them got up to talk. Ernesto Perez Carrillo, EPC Cigars, came up and said that, um, you know, he was his friend. Uh, remember, they, they had their little stores on that street. Yep. Uh, Diagonally across from right. each other. And um, when Ernesto was in town, it was demanded of him to give uh, Jose. I, I go to Orlando because, you know, all his friends called him Orlando. Really? They, you would hear them say Orlando, which is the son, Orlando. And I would think to myself, they messed up. And then some people called him Jose, but his real close friends called him Orlando. No kidding. So it was a little confusing as it was going on, but um, it was demanding of him when he got there that he had to call Jose, that he was in town. So he said, you know, I won't be getting, um, I won't have to make that call anymore. He said, you don't have to be told that many times from him. You make the call when you get there that you're back in town. Lito Gomez said when he got into the business um, in 94, he needed to buy tobacco. He needed to learn how to buy tobacco at the time. wasn't growing any tobacco. And it was Padron that spent days with him in Nicaragua, taking him around, introducing him to the... And these uh, are two guys known for their production in the Dominican Republic, reaching out to a guy in Nicaragua. Right. A guy that will help somebody along the way. So that's who he was. Cynthia Fuente uh, had lots to say. She had lost her father um, this past a year, year ago, yeah. yeah. Um, so how tough it is and whatever and how their families and all that. Uh, Marvin Shankin from Cigar Aficionado um, said that before he was doing his issue one of Cigar Aficionado, he went to uh, Ernesto Carrillo, La Gloria Cubana, issue one, which is what made Gloria Cubana so big, um, went to see him, and then he went to go see Padron. And he went, went into the Padron office, and they wouldn't give him the time of day. And he said that. And he says, so we really didn't talk about them because he says, you know, it took 20 minutes to even talk to somebody. They were busy doing their thing, and somebody walked in, and he said, I couldn't get any attention, so I left. Um, and then later becoming very, very close with them. They put a video presentation where uh, Jose had talked to the group in advance, to everybody that was there. 
And this went on for a while. It was all in Spanish. There were no subtitles. They didn't have any time to do that. They said we didn't have any time to have subtitles done and stuff. But most of you out there know Spanish. Eh, nothing. Okay. The man I was speak, sitting next to said to me, um, oh, listen, you can, uh, I'll tell you, everybody breaks out laughing. And then I look over to him and he says, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. I have no idea. No, nobody told me anything later. And that happened a bunch of times. The following day was the church services, so uh, here I am flying in by myself to Miami. I Ubered to the church service, getting concerned at that point that after the church service, now it becomes the funeral procession to the cemetery. How odd is that going to be, calling an Uber and trying to get an Uber into the thing? Uh, And I'm worried about it, but it was um, Rafael Nadell that came over to me and said, oh, uh, I'm glad you came. Um, how'd you get here? And I said, I took an Uber. He says, oh, just come with me. Nice. So the, the pressure, pressure was off, off at that point, which thank, mm-hmm. thank you again, Raphael, for that. Uh, I, I, I would have got there one way or the other, but I would have been funny to get the Uber right. in that procession. Giant procession, by the way. But on the way with the Uber, and this is a true story, I press into to have the Uber come, and the Uber pulls up in front. It's the right car. It's the right guy. I get in. I get a text from another retailer who had gone there and said, listen, the address that we have on there, it's really the next street behind it. So go one more street or else you're going to have to walk quite a while over there. So I look at it and I say to the driver, oh, it turns out that it's actually one street further than that or earlier than that, one street over of what it is. And there was absolutely no response from the driver. And I said something else. And there was no response from the driver. At that point, I'm looking to say, is this driver paying attention to me or anything? Let me see if he's going the right way. So I look back in the app, and it's following the right road that it's going. So at least I'm going the right road. But underneath it, it says, your driver may be deaf. I'm going to go with your driver was deaf. He was. <laughs> he was. It may was really be deaf. deaf. So that was a little freaky anyway, but... When you pull up and there was a whole bunch of cars and a whole bunch of people, he knew this was the right place, and yeah. that's why I got dropped off. And I was okay with the deaf driver. It's okay. Sometimes the you blind don't driver have again. Not. I got to get a big discount for the blind oh, driver, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a blindfold. Right. <laughs> right. But sometimes not having to have that conversation is a good thing because you have nothing in common with the driver, probably. Right. Right. But I needed to tell him it was the next street right. over, so. I don't know if I could have texted him or something on that app or what, what happened. Uh, maybe he could have read lips. I don't know what happened. We had zero conversation. You don't want him reading your lips while you're driving. <laughs> That's no good. So uh, Yeah, after the church service, it was over to um, the mausoleum and uh, a cigar afterwards and then a night with Rafael Nodell, which uh, if we have time later, <clears throat> we'll get to that. I did end up fielding uh, a mailbag or two that uh, talked about how they feel like we're not talking about the cigars enough, and uh, here we are several minutes in, and we haven't even lit up, and I think you're stalling for some reason. Yes, I'm stalling a little bit because mm-hmm. of the cigar that we'll be smoking today, Barry. Yep, so today's first cigar is the Upsetters, and it is a made in Nicaragua by Foundation Cigar Company, and we're going to light up the Django. Um, so this show is about to become unchained. And the wrapper is Sumatra, while the binder is Nicaraguan. Fillers are Nicaraguan and Jamaican cow tongue. It retails for nine nineteen. A box price is just one sixty one ninety nine, which is a savings of just under $22, or 12% off the single price at twoguyscigars.com. 
If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. All right, so this is a infused cigar. We can smell it when we took it out of the cellophane. Yep. I can smell it now. Uh, smelling the outside wrapper. It smells like a hippie. S- sweet on the outside wrapper. Not so hippie. Can you say something nice about it? <laughs> not, not, not anything disparaging about our hippie listeners. The, the foot of the cigar, it, it's different, right? Reminds me of patchouli. Patchouli oil? No. Yeah. No. Patchouli is way more earthy than this. This has a sweet component sweet. to it. Actually, you know what it reminds me of? Remember the fun dip? Yeah. Remember the white stick that you used? Yeah. It smells just like that. Wow. I don't know if I ever smelled the fun dip stick. The flavors that Barry Stein is coming up with are not representative of anyone else on the Cigar Authority. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. By the way, Natalie Perdomo graduating college today. Congratulations, Congratulations to Natalie Perdomo. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Cold drawer. Grape Kool-Aid. The powder before you add the water. I'm a big fan of the powder before you <laughs> add the water. What's interesting about this, you don't get... The same. I got sweet taste as it smells. What it smells like. There's a little. Very. It, this is very distinct. There's a white pepper component on the cold draw. Without the bite from the pepper, just that that flavor. So it tastes like white. If it doesn't have the pepper and it's white, well, it doesn't pepper. have the. It doesn't have the spice, but it has the white pepper like has white a distinct rice. flavor. It tastes like white rice. <clears throat> oh, to me, it tastes like grape Kool Aid. Barry, I'm with you on the grape. It may be like that grape hubba bubba bubble gum or yes, something. Yes, bubble yum or hubba bubba mm-hmm. or bubblicious. You guys are both lucky I don't have a crickets <laughs> button over here. And I'm going to start. Barry Stein. You know why he got that? Because he nailed it. No. Thank you. I'll be here all I, week. I have the bubble gum, grape bubble gum. Not even close. Even, even after it's worn out a little bit. Yes. You've had it for maybe 15, 20 minutes. You put it on the bedpost for a while. Come back to it. (laughs) And there it is, nailed at that point. All right. We're going to be lighting our cigar today with the Vertigo Cyclone 2. My favorite. This has a a giant, giant adjustment wheel at the bottom. It features three jets, double wall protection, so that when the lighter's lit, the outside portion of this doesn't heat up. As you go, and of course, it does feature the patented Vertigo big ass tank. This is taking the Cyclone to the next level. It certainly is. For a couple is. of dollars more. And it retails for $14.99. That's the Vertigo Cyclone 2. This is one you want in the stocking. This is the one. Well, this is the one you want to give to somebody, and they'll have it for a long, long time. Big giant tank. You can see the fluid inside, although it's not fluid, it's gas. Why does that happen? It's about pressure. When you take uh, butane and you put it under pressure, it liquefies. Liquefies, and in the exchange between gas to liquid and back to, I'm sorry, liquid to gas and back to liquid, it cools. So it, one of the cool tricks about all lighters, especially metal-bodied lighters, but it works with plastic lighters too, is you bleed it first, and that causes the lighter itself to cool down, and you're holding the tank of butane in your hand, which warms the tank up. 
and now the lighter sucks the butane out of the tank. So yesterday on the CigarAuthority.com, I reviewed the Candela uh, upsetter. That was purely an infused cigar because you had the vegetal floral components yeah. and the Candela wrapper. This one, you could see the cross between a, uh, I guess, a normal, what we would think of a cigar, but you also separate, you have the flavor component. So this is closer to a traditional smoke yes. than the Candela was. And as I understand it, they use um, <clears throat> some molasses on the tip, and the molasses as a sweetness doesn't block your flavor receptors like an artificial sweetener would. So you can still experience the flavors of the cigar even after tasting that sweetness. I, I actually like this. this. I like this so much more than the green one. <laughs> yes. Which was, which was what? The green? The, was that the small axe? I got to look because I don't remember. Well, and then again, I don't like Candela. I don't like Infused. So therefore, I was pretty much I wasn't going to care for it. But this one is head and shoulders above it to my palate of what it is. The grape component is so subtle. Uh, There's no grape component. The two of you are out of your mind. He says it, and you think it, and you, Ed Sullivan, I'm surprised to you. You're better than that. The getting infused. hypnotized into tasting grape. All right, the infused component of it is in the background mm-hmm. of this, where I think it was in the foreground on the para asapo. Yeah, para asapo. Yes, rolls off the tongue. Rolls it's like off the, the El Wense. It's just rolls right <laughs> off the cow tongue. Yeah, off the cow tongue. <laughs> rolls off the cow tongue. That's awesome. Not bad. I'm no, gonna, it's, I'm gonna get an it's initial. You got the sweetness from the infused part, but there's probably the first time I smoked some this nuttiness. One. Yeah, yeah, there's a nutty component. I'll give you that. The the it's funny the 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 infusion is is subtle. But you when you smell the outside wrapper, you're like, there is no way I'm going to enjoy this. But now that it's lit, the infusion portion of it is so muted compared to what I expected. Yes, it's pleasant. Yeah, I think it's pleasant. I'm going to smoke this again. We're early on. Let's, let's give this, a, <laughs> let's give this a, a fair shot here. So uh, I'm in Cuba. I'm in Cuba. I, I might as well have been in Cuba. I was in Miami, by the way. Uh, second language, English. Yep. Part of the reason why I moved. I mean, really. No matter where you go is first to Spanish yep. everywhere you went. And you, you went to Versailles for lunch, right? Yeah, for, uh, for dinner, I guess. But, the, but the, and they gave you a Spanish menu at first? <laughs> Spanish menu. They started talking Spanish yeah. with me and everything, and Rafael said, I'll, I got this. So I went with Rafael Nadell uh, from Aging Room. Do you remember what you ate? I ate a, a beef that I thought was going to be in a juice, but he ordered the wrong thing that was actually um, fried Shredded, shredded vodka frita. Yeah. That's good. That's my favorite Cuban dish. Really? Well, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm gonna say <clears throat> you went with the right guy. Rafael Nadal knows his way around a restaurant. He ordered appetizers. He ordered. He, he went all I, out, I'm yeah, sure. He's, yeah. There was extra things and, you know, we, whatever. got to try this. He talked in Spanish that. to her. Yeah. And then all these different things came. And uh, then even the dessert, which was a uh, milky... Um, custard type of uh, not flan was a flan it could have been if it was a custard it was probably flan yeah it was very good yeah. very good I like tray leche and then we went outside <clears throat> and then we went to 
in the same building, though, mm -hmm. which we could have sat down and ate, but he says, no, we'll go outside. We go outside, and we have coffee out there, even after we had dessert. And then we had coffee standing outside, and there was so many people getting ready to go into the restaurant and stuff. Boom, 24 hours a day, right? 24 hours a day. One of them is the main one. Yeah, the one we were at, 24 hours a day, and booming. Just, holy God. You were uh, awful excited about the coffee when you came back, too. Because I uh, said... Yeah, I got you a pound to take home, see what you think of it. So I see how Sean does it, and everything is very measured and everything. Well, the opposite happens there. There's nothing measured. <coughs> they put the thing down, they shovel it in, and it, it's all the same. I mean, you always get it the same, well, but it's delicious. When you're, when you're dealing, I was jacked up. When, you, when you're <laughs> dealing with uh, the granular particulates of the coffee, and, and it's grounded a certain uh, granular component, right? When that gets added into the basket you're roughly plus or minus half a gram on your weight when you hit a certain line on the basket. Yeah. And the basket has that line. So these guys are making coffee 24 hours a day. Yeah. They become professionals, and you realize you don't have to weigh every single one. Sure. You can kind of do it by feeling you're going to be plus or minus half a gram. And with espresso, it doesn't make a difference. They're Cubans in Miami. I'm going to say they're off by zero grams because they got the measurement of a gram down to a T. They got it down. It just, you just like you just have to piss I just people offended off. all of Miami, you have to, right? You have to do it. What a what a booming thing! Remember, we went to Cafe Dumont, yes, in New Orleans. How booming and everything crazy! It's, it's like that. It's like that, and it and it's and, and what was interesting about the the Cafe Dumont is you didn't go in and eat anything else except donuts and coffee. That was right. the two things. And everybody's lined up for it. Yeah, they had a little snack things in there, but we just ate the dessert, and I was already stuffed to begin with anyway. But um, people go there just to stand outside and have coffee. Yep. So I said, they should put some tables here and some seats with umbrellas and stuff. He says, no, that'll ruin everything. 100%. And there's a parking lot on the side, and you're just standing there. There's nothing to hold on to or anything. But they said, yeah, that'll ruin everything. Absolutely nothing is there. But people go on their way home, wherever they are, they're driving on the way home or they're going, going somewhere. Oh, you, it's almost like a magnet. You pull over and you just uh, grab it and go. Yeah, when I was on my honeymoon with my wife, I was like, come on, we're going to go get something for breakfast. And we woke up to a window and she's like, I'm not ordering from a window. We're on our honeymoon. I'm like, trust me. Every morning we had to go to a window because, you know, Cuban coffee, pastelitos, tostado cubana. I miss that. Yeah, yeah. Truly miss that. So it was now interesting. I'm hungry. This episode of the Food Authority is brought to you by Cafe food, Versailles. Food, food is a big thing down there. That ding ding means it is time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? It is Christmas time, so I thought I'd go in the Christmas theme of things. John McLean from Die Hard. Ah. Versus Steven Seagal in Under Siege. In hide-and-seek. Hide-and-go-seek. All right. So All right. Got, right? Both of them were hiding, hiding around. Yeah. And, yeah. I got this one, Barrett's. Okay. I'm going to say that it's going to be uh, Bruce Willis's character there, McLean, because yeah. he was only a really a badass when he was armed, whereas Steven Seagal didn't need any weapons. He's just a ninja. So, so well, he doesn't why, need to hide as well. So why wouldn't you take the opposite choice on that you're going with john mcclain yeah because he needs to hide he needs to be good at it that's it that whole movie was really about him hiding and then sneaking up on the guys and blowing them away whereas in the case siege? of 
Oh, yeah. Okay. In the case of Under Siege, he was stalking his prey. He wasn't hiding. Ah. He was going after them. So I, I say uh, that it's uh, McLean. All right. Have you seen them, Barry? I've seen them, and I've watched a scene with Eleanor Lenick numerous times in Under Siege when she popped out of the cake. Ah. Yep. And uh, I'll take her over both of them, but I'll go with John McCain. Or John McLean. McLean. Yeah. John McLean. Are they, ready? Are they right, Ed Sullivan? You know, my thought is I'd be happy if they both hid and I wouldn't bother looking for them. No, you don't <laughs> like them? Those are go-tos for me. You don't like those movies? The movies are good. Uh, I guess I would... Uh, no, I wouldn't even go looking for either of them. No? No, they're go-tos for me, and, and they're both Christmas movies if you think about it. Right? Isn't that the best when you play hide-and-seek with about a five- or six-year-old kid? <laughs> and you go, all right, you hide first, and then you just go make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done that. An hour later, they come out. I was hiding. You did such a good job, kid. All right. Been there, done that. What a perfect burn. Good construction. Really good construction. Um, Honestly, and only because... I don't, I, I don't, you know what I don't like? I'm going to say what I don't like. Okay. The aroma. Yes. I don't like when other people are smoking it because I think it tastes like that or whatever. Now, I'm smoking it, <coughs> and I like it, but I, I, I would think... I didn't. I was hoping, and because Rick is such a good sport, that I was going to be able to find something to kind of beat him up on on the cigar. But it, it's good. I could I could put this in my regular rotation. And I am not an infused or flavored guy. I don't like flavored coffee. I don't like flavored cigars. But I don't you, like flavored but, anything. But you can't actually put it in your rotation because your rotation will begin to taste like this too, right? Well, I wouldn't put it in my regular humidor. No, I'd have it in a separate bag. But so this how, could be. So how about this? You get some. Other cigars, mild cigars, and you put them in a humidor, and you put a box of these in the humidor too, and you leave it for three months, and then they've all married to each other, and now you've got even subtle what would you end up having. Can you use this as a product to infuse the other product? Maybe you take a little molasses and you wipe the tip of the thing so it's, it's all in there, of the, the uh, mild cigars. You could play around with this and make a milder <clears throat> version of this by... Having it near it, I uh, I don't think I would do that. I like this exactly as it is. Yeah, they nailed it. They nailed it. They should nail it because they worked at a different company and nailed it in the other company too. So. Very nervous about uh, where I think you're going. With All right, that. let's go to break. And when we come back, he is an original founder and partner at Drew Estates. And during the sell-off to Swisher, he was not there. Where was Rick Ardito? And why is he a brand manager of a brand called The Upsetters? We'll find that out, maybe. And lots more. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This is David Garofalo, and you've heard me say it over and over again for many years. Please support your local cigar retailer. And I mean it. If you don't buy from them, they will go away, and then what? There'll be no place to go. That being said, sometimes you're far away from any cigar shops or a place that doesn't carry the stuff you've been hearing about and you want to try it. That's where TwoGuysCigars.com comes in. It's the number TwoGuysCigars.com. And unlike most online cigar shops, at TwoGuysCigars.com, you can buy a single cigar of whatever you want. You don't have to buy boxes or even five packs and suffer through cigars you might not even like. One of this and one of that is acceptable 
appreciated, and commonplace at twoguyscigars.com. That's the number, twoguyscigars.com. Thank you for your business. We're gonna have fun. When the Cigar Authority returns on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, May we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman's Garco or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar-making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, 
handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. As some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced a cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor, smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. Hi, this is Tony Serino. And this is Carson Serino. From Serino Cigars. You are listening to the Cigar Authority. On the United Podcast Network. And we are back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Soundstage. And with us for the very first time ever is a guy who has been in the cigar industry for a lot of years. So let's get to know him. Rick Adito. Rick, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is very special. It's we go way back. Way back. Way, so 20 you got, years. You got into the cigar business when? 1997. 1997, during the cigar boom when it was all going crazy. It was, yeah. It yeah. was uh, waltzing into mayhem. And where did you start? Where did I start? Wow. I mean, I was in the restaurant business at that time, and uh, I had a buddy call me. I just moved uh, to Connecticut from New York City, and a buddy calls me and says, hey, I hear you're back in town. I go, yeah, yeah, you know, um, probably raised my kids uh, in my hometown here, Guilford, Connecticut, and he says, uh, well, listen, he goes, I'm importing humidors from Thailand. You want to help me sell them and market them? I go, sure. I go, what the hell is a humidor? And you're in the restaurant business at the time. Yeah. I mean, but I'm always willing to do something else. I, li- I like putting things in A little action. side hustle. A little side hustle. And you always. Were in, you were in your 20s? No. Were you older than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you look good. You look good. I'm, I'm closing in on 60. Oh, here. really? Okay. Yeah. You're right there with I'm right, I'm right behind you. Yeah. So 30s. I was in my 30s. But, uh, you know, I said, what the hell is a humidor? And he uh, goes, come over to my house. I'll show you. I, I go over his house that night. And I get a quick tutorial on Spanish cedar and hygrometers and, you know, this one has a good seal. And yeah. we had six different models. And I'm like, man, okay, I, I guess I go to tobacco shops. He goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I rip a page out of the yellow pages. Uh, was it actually In the day? A, In the day? Yeah. <laughs> imagine that. And um, it was a Manhattan <clears throat> yellow pages. And uh, the only one that had an ad was QC Cigar Company, DBA, Jonathan Drew Incorporated, and then it said Tobacconist of the World Trade Center. So I said, you know what? This, this is where I'm starting. Yeah, the big and, one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was familiar with, with, with the, with the uh, Manhattan and whatnot. I jump on the E-Train and go all the way down to the World Trade Center. It's a hot July. Can't find the store to save my life. I have my cart. Yeah, because there is none. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I keep passing yeah. a little card. Right. Finally, I go to the card. Do you know where this Jonathan? It was Jonathan. Yeah. I, and I go, oh. And he goes, what? You don't like the car? I go, dude. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in business car. 10 minutes. I learned what these were last night. You want to see what I got? That was, that was the defining day. I mean, I never looked back. I, you know, uh, I, whatever. I was. You got bit by the bug. I did. And that was selling the humidor. Humidors. Yeah. Six different models. Hayden Abbey. Yeah. Long gone at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, Jonathan expressed early on, once we got to know each other, you know, I, I, my dream is I want to be a cigar maker. You know, and I have a factory right now. Of course, the factory was two rolling tables right. on Lower Broadway. And uh, so I was, you know, he said, you know what? You know, in, in and amongst your travels, can you, you know, sell these? And you probably remember one of those early brands. Samero? Yeah, top of the mountain. <laughs> the Samero? Samero. I bought the clothes out of that. I know. And yeah. I bought it along the way also. We did good, but it wasn't bad. No, Especially no. during the boom, because it was a lot of crap that was out there. Yeah. But we did good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you out there hustling that. The, yeah. the patch. Yeah, La Vieja. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, so. Interesting uh, time. So, I, you know, I got my education street level. Um mainly from retailers coming up and visiting guys like you that had a little know-how and I just kind of kept my mouth shut and listened to what was going on, what this thing was all about. Um, I had sort of a consciousness that I could bring to the table, you know, being in the restaurant business and flavors and tastes and hospitality-minded and all that good stuff, and, but mainly just showing up, you know. That's the key. That's it. That has been, I, I would say, your claim to fame. Mm. is you put one foot behind the other and just keep going and going and going. And that was the thing actually at Drew Estates because there was a lot of uh, crash and burns and then it just kept going and it was knocked down again, yeah. keep going. Yeah. And that persistence of, yeah, you get knocked down, you stand up, you keep going. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I, and that's what you guys did. And unbelievable what ends up coming out of that was this – you know, I remember going down in the, in the little teeny factory, Perdomo, yeah. in the little corner over it, and, and the, the steps up, and then many, many little little places, yeah. and then formed into a giant company. Yeah. It was just forward momentum, forward locomotion. Uh, anyone even uh, somewhat inclined to get in your way, it would, you know, you know, maybe good advice, which probably, you know, probably, yeah. was probably good advice. Nah. No, we're going to nah, do it our way. Going. Just keep going. Right. Yeah. We're going to make yeah. this, this ridiculous idea work. Yeah. The ridiculous brand name. Oh. Acid. Oh, more people. Like, what are you doing? Right. You crazy. Yeah. You know, including family. You know, kid. Yeah. You know, my dad, kid. What, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? So, were you part of it? Did you have a piece of the action? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, a partner in the company. Uh-huh. And then you, with... Uh, Jonathan saying that this is the way or you all get together and decide this is the way? It was uh, like such a loose democracy. If I yeah. recall, it was a lot of lunacy, a lot of entropy, you know, just boom, just atoms bouncing all over everything. Just but go, go, shoot, shoot, shoot. No uh, aiming. Very little aiming going very on. Very little aiming. And I knew that all I could really bring to the table was uh, just book another trip. Show, yep. show up somewhere. Just keep going. And I was, you know, it became an obsession of mine, you know, that eventually worked against me because, um, you know, I had a burnout like no other burnout. But 
it was a lot of years of, um, I think but it was by 2003, midway, 2003, I had broken the 2000 store mark. That's how many stores I had been to, wow. and not even repeat visits. Like, just get to the next one, get to the next one, get to the next one. Yeah. I got a message, you know? It was more like campaigning than it was like... Preaching the gospel. That was it, that was it. But it became the most well-known entry-level cigar it, it took the place of, in, in my day, Macanudo, the entry-level cigar, <coughs> yeah. became acid. Yeah. That this is the one. Mm-hmm. He had tried this, it, which was, works wonderful for a retailer. Yeah. You have a new guy coming in, and uh, I don't know. You don't want to give him something strong or something to get turned off. You want him to end up liking it. This yeah. was the one, and then they went from there. Mm-hmm. But some people became such fans of it, they didn't go. Mm. They just stayed to this. That was it. And then they became the loyalist which mm. you guys had a fan base like no other mm. of, you know, this was it. They're hardcore. They, they knew more about it than, than we, the retailer. Than me. Yeah. I, I would, you know, learn my marketing. I would ref- get a, my refresher courses by staying on the road and getting feedback from consumers. Yeah. Oh, really? That's what it is? Did yeah. you find that the cigar itself was more driven by the brick-and-mortar retail or more driven by consumers who smoked it and they had to have that again? Um, that's a that's a really good question because that kind of you know if if you think about it we'll we'll touch on that with the current brand. Um, it was distinctly uh, brick and mortar cigar shop you know boutique traditional cigar shop driven at the beginning. And now and we, we had to separate it from the others. There was no cellophane on them it, it, in the early days. It was mm-hmm. all a loose tobacco. Mm-hmm. It had that aroma to it. So you had to actually showcase it, whether you liked it or not, it had to be separated mm-hmm. from where it was, so automatically showcased, and hey, what's this? Mm-hmm. What's this? It was automatically the colors of it, the packaging that right. you did. Mm-hmm. If you fast forward it to now, how much do you think social media is affecting what is driving sales for upsetters versus back then when you were just hitting the road? Well, I mean, it's a whole completely different playing field. Um, the last couple of years, last, let's call it last five years. I mean, suddenly, uh, because I think a lot, because of that, that other brand, with the asset brand, all of a sudden there's this market, the infused market, mm. and the flavored market. Like, like I come back into the industry and realize, wait a minute, this shit is, pardon me, That's is defined now, <laughs> you know? And when was it ever defined? But it's defined. And then I started digging deeper into what was propelling the first brand. And a lot of it, most of it, the vast majority is that social media driven, mass market driven. And I started seeing all of these voids with regards to traditional brick and mortar shops. And that's when um, I started saying, you know what? The industry needs it. It needs it. It needs a, a brand for. It need, the, the industry needs an infused cigar at the brick and mortar level. Competition is good, I believe, for everybody. Even the guy that, that was all by himself, it needs yeah. competition. It, it makes everybody better by by mm-hmm. end up. But that may not be the case on the receiving <laughs> end of the person. That they may be upset that there's something there. And then you guys come out with this brand, and it's the upsetters from three people that were with the company. Right. 
So there's three years that have that left that company. Yeah. Forced out, left, or whatever reason being, yeah. are out, and now this new new company is formed. Does the word upsetters have anything to do with this? Are you guys upset of what ended do up I, happening? Do I seem upset? You don't seem upset. No, I, I would be issues. Up, I would be upset right. if we, you know, and, and listen, you got a book coming out, right? Right. You're gonna tell tell all. Well, yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so you be... don't you don't have to tell all, but Blondie was Blondie your daughter? Uh huh. Yeah, that, that was uh, John's nickname for my daughter Remy, <clears throat> and Remy was. Um, if you look at any uh, of the Blue Line pre '05, maybe '06, it's all Remy. That 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 brand was Remy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean it. it it's as much as you as it is anybody else is how I feel. Uh-huh. Um, and did you, you were go- gone before um, the onset of even Swisher looking or were they? Um, let's just say by, um, and again, I'm pretty forthright about this because this will all be in the book. I mean, the book is mainly about my journey through um, mental obsession, sobriety, mental illness, um, it's a lot of insanity. People are going to read this yeah. and say, I don't know if I want to meet this guy. Um, I tell he, you right now, you want to meet him. You want to meet him. You He's, do a meet him. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yes. And he can help you. Right. Because we all have problems. Oh, well, yeah. I got to give it away to, to keep it, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say by somewhere around by 07, I left the company in 2010. By 07, I think I was in probably 90, 95% of the time I was in a blackout. You know, it was a lot of heavy, heavy alcohol use, drug use. Um, the only thing I seemed to be able to do right by way of my uh, professional abilities was somehow I just never missed flights. But I... I That's I, a skill. It's a skill. That's a skill. Um, I don't remember it, but I just know that I just never missed a flight. But... Um, I was, you know, given to losing rent-a-cars and things like that. You were selling because it was booming. It was, it was growing. I could do it in my sleep, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, it reached that point because there were a lot of brands that, you know, um, it would be Jonathan uh, with ideas for the marketing and the creation. Um, Nick very heavily involved uh, once he came um, on this board. Nick Malillo, who was in the factory making the cigars. Yeah, and, and just like with John, with Nick, there was a, a real synergy between the two of us where I can kind of take consciously what he's talking about, what his vision is behind the blends and, and whatnot, so and, it, and synthesize it to the people. I right. was just like a, uh, a translator for the market, you know? Okay. And then you had Dave that was doing the outside on phone sales. Right. You were on ground. Right. And then you get the manufacturer. Right. Making right. the cigars. Yeah. So, so this becomes now the upsetters. You got the manufacturer, you got the, the phone guy, and you got the top sales guy. Well, right. is this, and now he's the new company. Is this the concept behind naming it upsetters? Is that the goal here is to come into a marketplace and upset that marketplace with something that is revolutionary? Um, well, you know, if you, if you, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're partly right. I mean, the Upsetters um, was a reggae band. They were the house band. Uh, you go back to Jamaica, 1968. Uh, Lee Scratch Perry. It was his house band. Um, revolutionary guy who's still alive, 82 years old, still tours, still sells out. Sold out Boston in like 10 minutes uh, a couple years ago. 
Um, he's the originator of dub music. He's the, the fellow that most will, in hardcore music aficionados, reggae aficionados, uh, say, you know what, there's no Bob Marley without Lee Scratch. Um, the Upsetters were the original Root Boys, the guys on the island of Jamaica back in the day in a very corrupt um, <coughs> music industry that said, you know what, we don't need you. You know, we got our little dub tapes, we put these together, we're, you know, you're over there doing ah. your thing, we'll do our own pressing and whatnot. So it's kind of like uh, David and Goliath, you yeah. know, you're fighting Goliath by just kind of creating your own thing. Um, so you could look wow. at the, look the, how synergized this is. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's it's deep, and yeah. this brand actually even connects um, mythically and and spiritually to our tabernacle, which you know features Haile Selassie, who <coughs> Rastafarian culture comes from the teachings of Haile Selassie. Ah, we're gonna, what's smoking field. next? We're going to smoke that next. I hope you're going to stay with us and we'll uh, light that up. I can't smoke that cigar. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that cigar. I, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I you, feel guilty, though. We're, you know, it's like we... So you smoke other things. Oh, I smoke everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. I'm a fan of leaf. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in it, you know? Yeah. I had smoke blown all over me since I was a kid. Grandma on one side with the Salem's, uh, grandfather with a pipe, my dad with a cigar, yeah. uncles. I mean, every you know. Just and, and I know smoke. Nick was a was a cigar geek before he even got into into estate, working at a cigar shop and then traveling the world. So mm -hmm. you got, you guys collectively, the three years got seventy years into this business mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so. A lot of people look at it as a new company, but let me tell you, these are not old dudes, but they're dudes that have lots and lots of years in this business. You guys know what you're talking about, yeah. and uh, you got a bright future ahead of what's going. So the, the other group, the Swisher group, are they upset with this? I, There's I no lawsuit or no, nothing to, to stop somebody, no. um, you know, n not copying them, but getting uh, another product in there actually... You know, there's no denying. I mean, this is the perfect product for somebody who's smoking acid, right? Right, right. What about, I, what about retailers? Are they upset? Has there been a challenge of getting this into stores to, to either replace or take away or create competition? Are mm. retailers upset? No. I mean, um, and, and at this point, I've seen hundreds of stores just in the last couple of years um, again, I think what people are picking up on at the, at the retail level uh, and fairly quickly is that um, we have a whole different philosophy uh, bringing this, this uh, product to market, and that is, you know, we're here for the brick-and-mortar retailer. Yeah, we know? can see the opposite happening yeah. with a lot of companies, not, not just Swisher, but a lot of companies yeah. have a different agenda. Right. Um, so what, is, what separates the upsetters from other infused products what what is what is it that makes this tolerable to me who's a cigar guy mm -hmm. and i like i just <clears throat> i like my stuff unflavored but this is <clears throat> not only not offensive I, i'm enjoying it right um a lot of thought went into what you're saying right there and long before the inception of the brand because nick and i never stopped talking about the, uh doing something like this going um back at least six years ago and that is um, creating that, that, that infused cigar um, that is premium cigar friendly, tobacco shop friendly. So our commitment to this brand was come in using no topicals, no synthetics. Why? 
<clears throat> lingering, okay? Um, you're smoking this, it's com probably completely different than the last 500 cigars you've smoked. Completely different. But yeah. it's not lingering on the palate? No, it, uh, I, was, I was just thinking yeah, that as far as... short finish instead of the long finish right. of staying there. As right. far as the finish goes, I'd put it on that short to medium side. Yeah. And what you're left with is something that's very familiar mm -hmm. as far as the mouthfeel of a regular cigar. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it does have a subtle difference. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I enjoy. Yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah. Not a downer. Right. Right. It impels you to smoke cigars, not just this cigar. Right. You know, it's tobacco forward is what I like tobacco to say. Tobacco forward. forward. You're so good. I'm this, so unbad. This is something I need for Christmas to have a box of these at the house. Yeah. For the people that did, don't smoke cigars here, try one of these anyway and maybe get them to become cigar smokers and enjoy it. because It's, it's a, a real good link, yeah. link product. And it's a link product that avoids what, I, what I'm kind of terming now the flavor trap. You know, if I wanted to create something with Nick for brick and mortar, um, the consciousness I take into that is we, we just, our only goal is to get people going like this. Yeah. You know? And now you got a around the cigar. Yeah. yeah you, now you got a cigar smoker. Who's not just going to be saying, where's my next upsetters, but he's going to have questions about your premiums eventually. And frankly, back in the day, we would, we would get that. We used to get that. And, and, and then I watched the, the other brand, the former brand, more or less become like its own thing, its own market. Sure. You know, and its own market continuing to grow but not at the brick-and-mortar level. Right. So I really, that was a big red flag for me. Do you consider yourself a get for Nick? Or were you uh, an acquisition for him as far as, you're, you, I can already tell that your mindset is different than the average person that's hitting the road. Mm -hmm. So is this something that Nick needed to have in order to be able to pull this product off, is to have you behind it? Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, if, you know, if Nick were here, you, you know, like Rick, you know, you're the only one. You're the, you're only, the only one who could do this. Absolutely. You know, because I was there for the Lars. I mean, I was, a, I'm the one who brought Lars into the equation. Yeah. With, this is Lars Teton. The, yeah. The, the, the original, original. Yeah. And, and then, of course, with Drew and then with this. And there's a lot of subtlety <laughs> to understanding um, th this market. Um, which you really only, you only really acquire that knowledge by being out amongst. It's, you know, face-to-face -face is worth a thousand tweets. I'm not going to learn how to position this thing by studying, you know. Uh, Social media and the yeah, whole bit. There's no, no way. It, it's, um, it's, it's very, very different. Can you give us a little history lesson on uh, and this particular brand clearly has ties to Jamaica and you're mm -hmm. using the Jamaican cow's tongue. So mm -hmm. can you bring us back into the early days of infusion? Is it 1800s? Do I have that right? Um, no, infusion is thought to go back. Um, it's hardly scientific, but from a, a, a lot of different sources, um, the research, research shows that the seat of human civilization where tobacco was first documented as being rolled and smoked goes back to Hispaniola, um, the old Caribbean. And uh, what I always found very, very interesting, and this again goes back years ago, uh, was, you know, step one, when you pull a leaf out of the field is extraction. 
I mean, we need a heat source to extract moisture so we can take this leaf in any direction we want to go in. The heat source thousands of years ago were herbs and sweet woods. So that always really yeah. intrigued me, you know? Let's, let's find a way to duplicate that process. And when you're working that process, you can, it's, it's a little daunting to do, um, although we've got it pretty figured out, and I knew Nick would figure it out. I mean, he's unbelievable with this visionary. Virtually a freak when it comes to tobacco. Oh, my God. Virtually a freak. Yeah, yeah. he's like on that <laughs> subatomic level, like in, in a leaf, you know, looking out. Um, he created a way so that we're basically doing this the way the Arawak Indians did it. And again, when you're avoiding topicals, when you're avoiding synthetics, you're dealing at this, this molecular level. So you're, you're marrying or you're en enjoining um, different elements with the tobacco in a very natural way. It's you're, very symbiotic. Right, right. Can you stick around? No. No? Yes. You got to go? Of course. We're going to light your next one in, in a minute, but we're going to go to a break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to uh, look at um, as blind taste testers for Cigar Journal magazine. They just came up with their top 25 list. We're going to see how we did and how we compared, how we guessed they were going to do. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop with Rick Ardito from The Upsetters. In Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Raphael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Estelian Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection.
You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. 
the premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry, is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This yep. is the Cigar Authority. That's right. The authority. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? On everything cigar. We've got too far. In. There's too much to lose. And out of the cigar industry. Keep our composure. With your host. Come on, Diablo. David Garofalo. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One. Two, three. Velociraptor. Mr. Jonathan. You know what? I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Barry Stone. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It's time to light them up. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. It's time. Good housekeeping. For the Cigar Authority. Can we just become best friends? Yep. And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. We are blind cigar tasters for Cigar Journal Magazine. The new issue is just out, and so is their top 25. How did we do? We did guess it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is now the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. Corn chowder? White pepper and corn chowder. (laughs) That's where I was at just before we put that Django down. Uh, fascinating cigar. The D is silent in Django. Thank you. Just gonna bump this up a little. There we go. Here okay. We go. Thank the, you. The uh, the Django. Django. Yes. I like to I like to have the D in there though. Well, you're always Django. making fun of me for like my, my mispronunciations. So I had a chance to call you out and I took it. You guys are making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, that's, that's the idea of it. You're welcome. Thank With you. us is Rick Adito from the Upsetters Foundation Cigars. They not only make the Upsetters, but they also have the next cigar, Barry. Well, today's second cigar is the Tabernacle, and it's made in Nicaragua for Foundation Cigar Company. Today, we're smoking Ed Sullivan's favorite size, the five and a quarter by 46 Corona, and it features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over a San Andreas binder with fillers from Honduras and Nicaraguan. It'll cost you $9.19 a stick or $194.99 a box, which is a savings of just under $26 or 12% off the signal price on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. And we have the perfect <laughs> pairing for it. Yeah, the perfect do. pairing, which is espresso. We'll get into that. But right now, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. So this one's a dark one. This one's a full-bodied dark. And this is about as broad leaf as you get. A little rustic looking on the outside. Uh, Ever, ever so slight sheen to it from those oils coming out after the wrapping. More toothy. More toothy. It almost is a shell on the outside, that wrapper. Mm. And this is up your wheelhouse, Rick Ardino? 
Or you, you know, I was going to stick uh, for the sake of solidarity with my Django. Yeah. Or my Django. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> a little bit less D than that. But right. Django. Django. Yeah. Um, but I'm lighting one. Yeah. Uh, I, you can't I, say no. I can't. And you shouldn't. Just like you shouldn't say no to the Vertigo Cyclone 2 featuring three jets, an easy adjustment wheel at the bottom, and double wall protection. It's another patented thing that they have going on here for this Vertigo Cyclone 2. So no matter how long it takes you to light your cigar, you can put the lighter right back in your pocket right away. It's the Vertigo Cyclone 2, and it retails for $14.99. Best bang for your buck you're going to get for a lighter right there. Get one in your stocking today. Ask for it by name, the Vertigo Cyclone 2. That's called the aftermercial. Mm. See, I did the commercial, and then David does the aftermercial. I enjoyed it. Because I'm high on this lighter. I think you're high on that coffee. Took two I'll sips t- and you're already flying over I'll there. I'll tell you, this, this is coffee's a, good. This is a different type of coffee that we went into the espresso thing because this is going to mm. be more of a fuller-bodied cigar. This is the perfect pairing, I would say. I'm uh, <laughs> you're all choked up. For the record, that's not me. For those listening <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> don't inhale. Or don't me. inhale. <laughs> don't inhale. Rookie. I'm uh, I'm going to reach out to these folks with this coffee and. Uh, See if they'd like to become the official coffee of, uh, yeah. of the podcast. Right. We won't mention them until they do so. Correct. <laughs> but it's delicious. I'm not going to eat these donuts anymore until somebody ends up paying their way. Mm, I went to a lot donuts. of donuts. <laughs> I heard a story yesterday. Remember uh, Mike Havey that used to work for us? I yeah. heard the name. He said, I am dating the daughter of Kane's Donuts. I said, you have my permission to marry her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best donut shop in the world. Okay, I don't Cain, know again. Cain's, Cain's Donuts, Saugus, Massachusetts. Oh, my God. You want to talk donuts? I sense a road trip. <laughs> road trip. Road trip. Absolutely. Barry's going there after the show today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll be yes. Googling that. So uh, the, the, this is the time of year, uh, cigars of the year. And uh, all the time when you were at Drew Estates, no cigar of the year, nothing. You didn't get much love at all with the magazines. Only on the asking. street, yeah. 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 Isn't Which, that interesting? I liked it, you know, because I'm a counterculture-minded person. All right. So to be overlooked by the, the masses. How could uh, they overlook that brand? You weren't overlooked by the masses. You were just overlooked by the magazine. By the, yeah, yeah. That really is it. And yeah, it, by the voice. You know, kind of proves but that no stories, no nothing. And it was like the, the biggest change up in the cigar industry of all time mm-hmm. and nothing. Yeah. Right. No. I mean, the story will be out soon enough. There we go. Yeah. When? When can we expect a book? Um, we're looking at October next year. Legitimate, real book, published, real publisher. Mm-hmm. This is legit. It's not, you know, it's not 100 percent, but it's about 95 percent. My editor's like, you know what? We, Yeah. Traditional public, uh, traditionally published. You worked on it a long time. Yeah, about three years. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait to read it myself. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. And I know some of the backstory, but you're gonna pull the curtain back and you're gonna tell all. Yeah. 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 It's, you, it's far more entertaining than you know right. what what the masses know. Right. The the, the, yeah. uh, the, the truth is. Uh, more fictional than fiction, but it's the truth. Yes. So truth it'll be is more fictional than fiction. Huh? Go with that for a while. Let I that, like that. that. Yeah. That's I figured you would. That is just about the most convoluted thing I've That's ever heard. That's perfect for Rick Ardito, who's the most convoluted guy I know. You got the yoga thing going on, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You're very centered. 
Yeah. You look I like, never was, but I am now. You look like you're just ready to break out and party like the drop of a dime. Boom. It's go time. Yeah. But then you talk to you and you're just such a centered guy. Wow. I dig that about you. Man. I love your turn of phrase more than anything. Tobacco uh-huh. forward. <laughs> it's awesome. Jonathan you has like a new crush. Yeah. I do. I got, a, I got a man crush. I, I do want to ask Rick one thing on his hat here. You have an, an onk symbol. Yes. What, what's going on with that? We're only here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? That's an onk. It's an e- a Egyptian uh, symbol that I wear on my hat, uh, which, you let know, ties a, in uh, loosely. Let me get a close-up on this. To, of the onk. That's an onk right there. Yeah. And it, it, it and the D is silent. The D is silent. Yeah. <laughs> You guys in the joking. Let me tell you. <laughs> Sorry, if he if he didn't say it, I was going right. to say it. So he had to. I'm say I'm becoming it. uncentered. <laughs> right. I'm back. You're back. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it actually ties in with the brand we're smoking right now. Uh, the teachings of Haile Selassie, uh, Rastafarian culture. You know, I'm into all the ancient philosophies and theologies, and you know, tying them all t- kind of together. Commingling it with, you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics. Do um, a little Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. That's it. But yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I take everything right <laughs> to the point of happy hippie, <clears throat> and then I pull back from there. Yeah, a little bit. Because the happy hippie, I don't find a lot of humility in. Okay. You know, like I'm, we're doing it my way. All right. You know, no, it's everyone's way. Right? The, the way I'll get out of the way, right? It's the way you know, it's all about letting go. And we are never... smoking cigars, folks. Believe it or not, these are just regular cigars, and there's nothing in it. But I feel like Bill Murray having the cigar with the Dalai Lama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my deathbed, will I have total consciousness? Do I have that going yeah, for really? me? You have total consciousness. <laughs> this is far out, man. This is far out. So. Um, the magazines pick every year, Cigars of the Year, different things like that. Cigar Journal has announced theirs. Uh, last week, uh, you guys, I wasn't here, but you had my, my picks mm-hmm. of what I thought. Not what we think, what we think they think. Mm. Huh? Mm. So we did it for Cigar Aficionado, which we'll talk about next week when they come out with their stuff. But uh, Cigar Journal has their information out. And uh, how'd we do, Barry? Well, Dave, on your ten, top ten pick, you had two correct. Uh, in the top 20, you had the Balmora on Yeho at 7 on your list, and Cigar Journal named it 20th. But you also had at number 2 the Winston Churchill Late Hour, which Cigar General, General named 3rd. And I said 3rd, too. Did I say 3rd? You no. said 2. Oh, okay. Jonathan nailed it. He said it would come in 3rd, and it exact. did come in 3rd. Oh, I get 2 points for that, I believe, if I, if I remember it's the scoring from last year. So we had 2 points if you hit it exact, 1 point if you got in the top 20 with your, with your 10. Right, to make it yeah. easy. And so. he also had two others, right? He had A.J. Room Solera, which came in at 23rd. He had it at number six. And he had Andalusian Bull at 10, but it came in sixth. So three of his 10, which was the most right of any of us, yeah. belonged to John. You are the leader. You are the winner. And I think he did it before. I think he did it before, too. So how do, you read, did it. how do you read into their minds of how this works? What's, what's the trick to figure out what they're going to figure out? I, uh, I rated it based on... Um, the ones of the ones that I smoked, what I liked, and when it came to certain things, you, you got to have. Uh, I thought you got to have uh, some Cubans in the mix, so I added some in, which I missed on. But 
But, <clears throat> but those three cigars you ended up picking, the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, Late Hour, the Aging Room Solara, and the AGM. Also, they're, they're cigars that I personally had you rated like, high. You like them? When yourself. I got them in the blind Yeah, in the blind tasting. And you personally liked them anyway. Yeah. So that made sense to you. With me, I got the uh, Winston Churchill Late Hour, and I figured in the Balmoral Anejo XO uh, because it seems to be the up-and-coming company that's yes. out there. And they, I, I had figured it. Did I figure it as number seven? You thought it would come in seventh. It they came, came in twentieth. They got it in there. But they're a European-based company, aren't they? You would think even more. More, right? So right. that made sense. That I it thought would it be was a little low. Yeah. A little low for what they would have picked. Mm-hmm. And Barry, what did you do? Uh, well, the I had for number four the Juan Lopez Cuban, uh, that came in fifteenth place. By the way, two of the top ten cigars in Cigar Journal magazine were Cuban. So I'm going to go with over in Cigar Aficionado's list that there will be more than two out of ten Cubans in their top ten. And uh, I had the number one cigar, my father, the judge, I had it picked at third. Wow. So you were close. I was close, but no cigar. And when they, when they had their, when the way they ended up doing it, what was left was number one. We didn't know that till yesterday. And the day before, I had met with you, and we yeah. were all in the office, me, you, and Ed. Right. And all three of us said, it's going to be the judge. And it was, uh, because it was what was missing there anyway, yeah. but a little too late for, for me to add it on there. And Ed Sullivan threw something in there? Yeah, he had the top five that he picked, and he had uh, the Winston Churchill late hour predicted at number two. It came in number three. Uh, Dave, you and Ed were in agreement on that cigar, and you were both off by one. Yeah. yeah. So the final score being uh, Ed Sullivan had one, Barry had two, Dave had two, and Mr. J Four. But Barry did have number three was the number one choice. So we that's worth even, five we, points right there. We didn't so even therefore have, I win. So maybe for next year we, we remember. It was too late to change the rules, but if somebody should up, get extra that you, you at least had the you know number what, one Barry, choice. Barry, I'm going to give you an extra point for that, buddy, and bring you up to three. There Just in know. the interest of fairness. Because it, it, it did work there. So what was it? What was the, uh, the top ten of Cigar Journal? Do it, do it in uh, Dave Letterman style. <laughs> number 10. All right there, Skippy. Yeah. Uh, at number 10 was the Boulevard Tesoro Edition Regio two, Regional 2016. None of us picked it. Number 9 was the Aroa First 20 Years. None of us picked it. Number 8 was Placencia Almaforte. None of us picked it. Uh, number 7 was Rocky Patel 55. We've had Rocky Patel on the list, but we didn't have that particular one. Yeah. Uh, La Flor Dominicana Andalusian Bullet 6 which was on Jonathan's list. Romeo and Julieta Edition Limitada 2016. Nobody picked it. Padron 1964 Presidente. Uh, nobody picked that particular size. Uh, and Winston Churchill Late Hour came in at three. Number two was our friend Nick Perdomo and uh, Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Age Connecticut uh, was number two. Happy to see that, though, a Connecticut, that they threw a Connecticut yes. in. <clears throat> Connecticut's don't get their fair share in the magazines, I would say. Yeah, if you look at the list, uh, you know, a lot of medium-plus yeah. cigars, and here was a nice mild cigar at number two. And number one was uh, the Garcia family, my father, the judge. There we go. So we hold on to this because on the backside we have <coughs> our picks for uh, Cigar Aficionado, and yeah. we'll be able to play that game. And, and we'll get to go with later. So on. I don't know if there interests anybody out there, but it, it sharpens our, our yeah. knowledge of cigars, of not necessarily what we pick, but what other people pick out there. Right now it's time to take a peek 
into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. If you're not careful, you'll poke an eye out with that thing, or at least choke your girlfriend to death. A Florida man was arrested and charged with the murder of his girlfriend, who claimed she choked to death while performing oral sex oh, on his large member. I was hoping you were going someplace totally <laughs> else. Yeah, like auto-asphyxiate, auto-erotica. After deliberating for five hours, the jury reached its climax and ruled the defendant was not guilty, despite That's a medical mean. expert testifying that choking during the sex act was unlikely. In the end, he beat the rap with the help of his beat. And that's not only insane, oh my it's asylum. God. No. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. Cods and letters to talk about leaving True story. Talk about leaving a bad taste in one's mouth. Oh, <laughs> boo, boo, boo. All of a sudden, my thing didn't look so bad. Hey, Rick, are you still feeling centered? The idea, 100%. The idea would be to, to slightly make somebody, you know, I don't know. Entendre. You're looking for double entendres. A little, little light of, there's a little something in there, but you go right for the... Right for the jugular. Yeah. You do. Yeah, you do. That line, you know, on the side of your mirror, objects might be closer than they appear. Yeah. I don't realize that until I'm past it. Yeah. I cross the line. It's a real quality. It is. It's a skill. Yeah. No. That, that's. So we're coming up on the uh, last chance for the contenders pack, and this is it. This is your last chance to vote right. in the contenders because we got to make a decision this week. So get your votes in as fast as you possibly can because this is it. Because the real cigar of the year comes out on December thirtieth. I feel like you're cheaping it when you say the real cigar of the year. It's the cigar of the year. It is the cigar of the year. We've been doing it now for twenty five years, way before these other guys mm-hmm. ended up doing it. They're copying us. It's okay. It's, it's the highest form it's of also, flattery. Uh, but it, uh, it upsets me. Hey, as long as it's we're an sm- upsetter. As long as we're smoking stuff from Foundation, let's mention that one of the contenders is the El Wednesday <coughs> Wise Man Maduro. Yes, it is. Yeah. And a great contender, if I do so say mm-hmm. myself. We pick eight contenders, mm-hmm. and one of them wins the Cigar of the Year. The good news is, unlike this, of what comes in second, third, they all come in second place. They're all great cigars, everything that's in there, and one of them will be the Cigar of the Year, and part of that is sales, part of it is votes, part of it is... Um, staff picks. Yeah, staffs, and, and we, we put a lot into it to try to uh, pick the right thing. Um, anybody out there trying to guess what we're going to guess? No. Is anybody doing that? That'd be interesting. So, but voting's very close, and, but there is one that's starting to pull away. And I can't disclose that, but very close voting this year. Yeah, make make that decision. Make sure you get your vote in. Yeah, I'd say Tuesday we got to end up making a call, order the trophies, and Mm -hmm. and go from there. 
Um, so that's the contenders. The care package, on the other hand, if you don't know what the care package is. Please is, tell me we're closing that down soon because. We're closing it soon. So if anybody wants to be part of that, that means you're going to get every month, you're going to get four cigars sent to you from the Cigar Authority. And those are cigars we are going to smoke on the show. A lot of listeners have requested uh, packs of cigars that are going to be smoked on the show. So we put that together some years ago. And frankly, we lose money doing these things. You get four cigars mailed to you for $20 uh, per month, every single month. It includes <laughs> shipping. Yeah, and um, you stop whenever you want, but if you want to do it, you want to be in on it, uh, go to thecigarauthority.com. When you sign up, you're going to be billed the $20, yep. but the first shipment is not going to go out until... Um, Sunday's the 25th, so it'll probably go out Wednesday or Thursday, so it'll go out like the 28th. Yeah. So you'll have them in time for the January shows. Yeah. So that's the idea of that. And um, I'd say by Christmas, this thing is going to be shut down. We're going to max it out somewhere, shut it down again. And then maybe or maybe not, someday we'll open it up again. So uh, so they have till we open the door on the 26th, 9 a.m. If you don't have it in before 9 a.m. on the 26th, you're out. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, okay. let's put the line in the sand right now. Okay. So... You have until and you, and you bake the thing shut off at that point. Right, it's a great Christmas present yeah. for a uh, cigar smoker. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So get in on that uh, if you want to. We're smoking the Tabernacle. Uh, this is a full-bodied. I'm going full-bodied. Um, I can't go medium no, full. No, it's, it's full. It's full. Lower end of full, but it's full. Thick, concentrated flavors. And when it comes to this smoke. I'm getting some mild sweetness like uh, grape jelly on a rye toast. Well, you got the grape what? left over from the palate? <laughs> no, it's not left over. Because you didn't that, have the grape before. Now you have the grape. That little, that little bit of sweetness. You're so off. But yeah. also you got a little bit of that um, pungent quality from the rye toast kind of coming in together. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally disagree <laughs> myself. So not got, even close. Yeah. That's a swing and a miss. I got yeah. some German chocolate cake. Oh. And some coffee notes, but, you know, we are drinking espresso. Yeah. But definitely some German chocolate cake. Berry Screw you, Ed Sullivan. Well, now, Jonathan, I've smoked easily 200 of this cigar, so I'm well qualified to judge. And if you were capable of retrohaling, you'd detect a hint of cinnamon on the retrohale. And if Barry mm. could say cinnamon, he would have said it, but... He'd yeah. go with canal. Canal. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have that German chocolate? Go ahead, throw up. Throw up. Do it for the for the for the show. For the show. I, I want to get a T-shirt that says "Got Canal." Yeah. Instead of "Got Milk." Do you have Do you have Barry's German chocolate? No cinnamon whatsoever, and I just put a little through my nose. You Ed. put barely any. Now, Barry, when you say German chocolate, not the cake, right? You're not getting coconut or something crazy. No, no, no. I mean, to me, German chocolate cake is darker. It's a little dry. It's not like a brownie. It's a little drier. More dark chocolate. Yeah, flourless chocolate cake, German chocolate cake. Yeah. Who has ever eaten a flourless cake? Yeah, you get it in the fancy restaurants. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing? Gluten-free. Yeah. Jonathan, I make a fantastic one. Well, you make a lo- you're, you're a very good baker, Ed Sullivan. Thank you. <laughs> Still getting the grape jelly and the rye toast. Now. Yeah, you're, you're way off. Yeah. Nice try, though. I'm uh, not having a terrible, terribly hard time smoking this. It's I, you know what? I think and my issue was in not going to the Corona before, 
the only one I had ever smoked was the Toro, and there's just too it, it much. May, it may be the first time I ever had the Corona. I, I think it's of... too much Lajero in the thicker one. The thinner one, it, it really is delicious. I could yeah. smoke this on the regular. Mm-hmm. That's two cigars in this show that I thought, why the hell am I not calling in sick this week? And I'm pleasantly surprised by both of them. And that's what you, the listener, has to do. Step out of your comfort zone and try a cigar you normally wouldn't try because there's a whole world out there. I ate a beat this week. Did you hear? I heard. Everybody was talking. I ate a beat my first time in my life. There was a memo that went through the entire company. (laughs) David Garofalo ate a beat. It wasn't bad. Not a go-to thing, but it's red. I like red drinks. But uh, it was interesting. So you're ready for the borscht? Yeah. But I got to stay away from beets because I had a kidney stone. Yeah, it's not good for you if you have uh, kidney stones. You mm. got to stay away from the red foods. Naturally red. Right. But can I still have colored red foods? Yeah, you can still have your velvet cake. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> good. Thank God. That's a good time, right? Unless there. it's a velvet natural cake. dye. If it's a natural dye, probably came from beets, and then you're in trouble again. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's a classic three-way. The offer of the day and what's up in the cigar industry with Barry Stein. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Smokey Joe's is changing the dress code when it comes to enjoying a premium handmade cigar. Using the finest materials of velvet and silk, their smoking jackets are made for a lasting impression. Smokey Joe's has fitted the likes of Smokey Robinson, James Brown, Sammy Davis Jr., and now they want to fit you too with a smoking jacket. Proudly designed and manufactured in the USA, Smokey Joe's invites you to feel the inspiration of fashion from an era where clothing was designed using only the finest materials and craftsmanship. Smokey Joe's clothing continues to be a story of America at its best. Innovation, hard work, and fearless enterprise. When you light up the best, smoke it while wearing the best. Smoking Joe's Smoking Jackets. Available at SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com That's SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com Be sure to tell them the Cigar Authority sent you. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except a name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. 
To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar & Company. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Raised in Cuba and steeped in the rich tradition of the Fernandez cigar legacy, A.J. Fernandez produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua, ensuring superior quality. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez Cigars de Nicaragua are managed under the watchful eye of A.J. Fernandez himself. Through a fusion of inherited techniques and learned patience, A.J. Fernandez filler tobaccos are grown from prized seeds which are proprietary only to the Fernandez family. Perhaps the most essential quality of the A.J. Fernandez line of cigars, such as New World, Enclave and Last Call, is the perspective and motivation of A.J. Fernandez, as well as the history of the Fernandez family. Enjoy the continuing legacy of A.J. Fernandez cigars. 
This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we are back, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. We're smoking the tabernacle, and you're not. Welcome back, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. In the audience with us today, Paul and Sandy Antonelli from Florida coming up. Paul was my original partner at Two Guys Smoke Shop. We opened Two Guys Smoke Shop 32 years ago. Me and him, we were the original two guys, and uh, he didn't believe. He didn't believe. It was just like you say. I mean, it was very tough at the beginning. Things weren't really, really going. I just kept going anyway. But Paul was in the video business, booming video business. The first video store owner in Boston had three locations. He was cranking along, and that's where it was at. Remember, we're talking 1985. Absolutely. Two Guys Smoke Shop was a money pit at that point. Yes, it was. Just pouring money in. So I had a regular (laughs) full-time job that I was doing, just keep dumping it in for a while and hoping and praying that uh, something turned around and knock on wood, uh, things went well. But uh, Or acrylic. Here he is. Up here in the, he's in Florida now. Beautifully warm. It's warm there, Charlie. Florida, really, it's warm there, Charlie. Um, and he's he's up because his son is up here and visiting for the holidays. But they're freezing. They're freezing yeah. up here. And he was so used to it. He'd be a guy without a heavy jacket on in the winter time. And here he is. Uh, he's wearing freezing. his pajamas underneath his pants. <laughs> yeah, I heard. He's cold. <laughs> they're cold. They're not used to it. Hopefully, they're flannel. <clears throat> but the the key is for them to go down to visit you in Florida. At Christmas time, not the other way around. This is crazy. It's backwards. Uh, with us, Rick Ardito from uh, Tabernacle, or he's the upsetters. You're the upsetters guy, right? I'm I mean, the upsetters the, guy mainly. But, yeah. you know, I'm all in, you know, with foundation. Yeah, with, you know? with everything they have. And, yeah. And they have the El Wawense. They have the Wise Man Maduro, which should be the, uh, which means El Wawense, which is the better better way to say it. And uh, Tabernacle. Don't mm-hmm. forget the Charter Oak. Charter, Charter Oak. value. Great value cigar, mm-hmm. naturally in Maduro, yeah. in there. And new things coming out? Well, the High Clear Castle. Yes, 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 yes. Outstanding smoke. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the high end. Mm-hmm. And how about something that nobody knows? You want to spill the beans? No, I don't. No, because, see, he's, he's sober I'm now. centered. And, yeah, he's centered and yeah, sober. You're not gonna, yeah, not to I'm not slipping. <laughs> no. I have a pause button anymore. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a difference that... Uh, Dave, what are you thinking? Coffee-infused cigar or something? That would be a grand slam, because nobody did it better than Nick. He was the original guy that did the... Uh, um, Kahlua. Kahlua. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. That was his first project back really? in the day. Yeah, that was. You know, I brought Nick down on his first visit to Nicaragua. I believe that was '03, and just to kind of see the lay of the land. And you know, we were we were having we were hampered. You knew him from before that. I, I've known Nick since '97. Wow. Yeah, I remember calling Jonathan. You know, in 1997, and saying, you know, and I'm learning the industry, and and telling Jonathan uh, Drew, I said. I think I met the most knowledgeable tobacco guy. I said, but it's it's a it's a kid. Yeah. He's working in this tobacco shop, Calabash shop, and you gotta know, get him out. Gotta bring him in. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Isn't uh, it interesting how <clears throat> certain a certain mindset will attract someone of a similar mindset? Mm-hmm. And you may not be the same, you, but you you I find in my life I end up attracting people that help complete the puzzle. That's it. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. And, and one of my favorite things about the cigar industry is that we all share. I was talking about this at our Christmas party yesterday. 
you know, in each of us in our group of friends may be the cigar smoker. Mm-hmm. So you're at a party and there's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. But you get here and now you have people of all walks of life and we have something in common. We, we all smoke cigars That's and right. we, we like to talk about them. We geek out on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's find out what's happening in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. Davidoff announced yesterday that Dylan Austin would become the VP of Sales and Marketing effective January 1st. Austin served as the VP of Marketing before accepting this dual role. And the former VP of Sales, Jeff Lee, is retiring after 22 years. 29 members of the United States House of Representatives sent a letter to White House Office of Management and Budget Director Mike Mulvaney urging him to exempt premium cigars from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The partisan letter was signed by 29 Republicans from 16 states. In October, the CAA, CRA, and IPCPR filed a lawsuit against the FDA calling for a summary judgment. On Thursday, arguments were heard before the judge, and the lawsuit is not expected to be resolved until 2018. Late last night, Scott Gottlieb, the head of the FDA, announced that the administration plans to reevaluate cigar regulation in 2018, perhaps opening the door for positive changes for the industry. The statement that he made appears to separate premium cigars from flavored cigars, and that's what's up in the cigar world. What's up in the cigar world was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is What's Up! And as I said, the new Cigar Journal magazine is here. It hit the shelves. You know, I didn't even go through it at all. I wrote it on here. We're just too busy. It's been crazy. It's the season. I got to get to it, uh, but it's out there on the shelf, so uh, find it if you can. But right now, while you're enjoying life to its fullest, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and gentlemanlike is Gentleman Jonathan. Do you need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies. Fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way, brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair provides its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. And this week, gentlemen, we are discussing the debonair use of foul language. There are times when dropping a well-placed curse word can add some desired punctuation to a story. You could use some gosh darn replacement words, but it is often as unsatisfying to the listener as it is for the orator. Since not all audiences are suited for actual swear words, consider replacing the word with its first letter. Those old enough in your audience will know exactly what you mean, and at the same time appreciate you not exposing the others in attendance to actual vulgarity. The question is... Are you debonair AF? 
AF. Mm -hmm. As duck. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so you... Yeah. Sean is laughing uncontrollably. Sean the barista yeah. got it immediately. As no, did I would, the rest of our listening audience. What I think you're going to do is call attention to the swear even more when somebody like me says, AF? <laughs> you like it? I like it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm going to start using letters. Nah, you got to go with the swear oh. word, right? No, nah, you're at a Christmas party. You can't. There's kids around. You got to. Hasn't stopped me before. I'm not debonair. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. I don't, I don't know if we have a debonair person in the audience, in the, in the, in our group here. Maybe Ed Sullivan. Maybe Ed Sullivan <laughs> has to has to take that. We Are don't you know. debonair AF Ed Sullivan? Indeed, I am. Indeed, he is. Next week on the Cigar Authority, because uh, it's so close to Christmas, we're going to move the show up and tape it on Thursday. Yes, tape it. <laughs> it bothers Jonathan that I still use these uh, words. What, what other thing would you possibly say? We're going to record? record it? Okay, we're going to tape wow. it. Uh, on, on Thursday the 21st at 4 p.m. if you want to listen live, <clears throat> but the show will go on on Saturday as planned. We have Oliver Nouveau from United Cigars joining us next week. December 30th, the following Saturday, is the announcement of the Cigar of the Year. With us will be gentleman John Carney. Gentleman Jonathan Carney. The real Mr. Jonathan. And they had the Cigar of the Year for... Cigar aficionado last, last year. Yep. They'll know at that point who the new for cigar aficionado was, and we'll tell who the real or the cigar of the year is. And uh, that'll be the following. Uh, uh, that'll be December thirtieth on January sixth. The state of the cigar industry address. We're going to do it again. Tell you uh, the direction of the cigar well, industry since in you 2017. Write it, you write it anyways. We may as well go over might, it. Might as well do it. Might as well do it. <clears throat> Right now, it's time for the Don Raphael Offer of the Day. And it's time to hear the Don Raphael Offer of the Day brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? Today, I'm going to go with Rick Ardito, $10,000. $10,000 to you to run through Walmart from front to touch the back wall and mm -hmm. run back, right. yelling loud and clear, mm -hmm. I like to be touched, and if you make it back before anybody touches you, you get the $10,000, but if you don't make it back, Hang on a second. you don't get anything. <laughs> With your clothes on or without your, your clothes on? You can have your clothes on. You're, well, you can choose to I'm take out. your shirt off. If it's on. clothes Jonathan on, forget it. Jonathan would have his clothes off. Yeah. What's the point? Just run in and yell. Because it is the holiday season. Walmart's packed. You run through Walmart, uh -huh. and you yell, I love to be touched. Okay. And you got to make it to the back wall, and you make it all the way, yelling it over and over and over. Okay. If you make it through, you get ten grand. If okay. you don't make it through, you get nothing. Would you do it? Where's the closest Walmart? Right down the street, five <laughs> miles down on the right. I, I'll flip a coin. What does that mean? Tails, I do it. Heads, I really? Don't. Yeah. yeah. Ten thousand dollars. You'd be crazy not to do it. But you might not make it, and then you're going to get arrested, probably. Right. Right. You know, you know, get if arrested. You, if you were naked, you'd get arrested, but. You're just going through Walmart. You're just another one of the people who shop at Walmart or work at hey, Walmart. Hey, hey, It's the same thing. Yeah, money up front, I do it. Money up front. No, you don't know if you're going to get it because if you get touched, you're out. If you get touched. If you're yelling, I, lo I love to be touched. And if somebody touches you, Oh, I'll you get lose. touched. Yeah, I, can I connect that way too easily. Are you a fast runner? I used to be, and yeah. I'm wearing clogs. Yeah. But that's all I'll be wearing. 
Because um, you would go naked, so nobody would touch you. Maybe that would be the go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Barry, no way. No way. If I could do it at a walk, not a run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's I don't think you it. have to <laughs> run. I think you could opt to go a little slower. Right. But, but you're going to most likely get touched at that point. At Sullivan, guy, no chance. I, can I wait until January? Because I think my odds go up after the holiday season. No, it's got to be during the holiday uh, rush season. The place is packed. No, because I think, I, you know, I, I too think I would be touched. And yeah. No one is going to touch someone who says they love to be touched. Yeah, a fat guy running through the store going, I like to be touched, they'll be moving out of the way. <laughs> hey, hey, Jonathan, I think Mikey shops at Walmart. I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty fast. I mean, it, someone could reach out to touch me and I'd move. It's no way. You'd, You'd be it. paying 10 grand, 10 dude. grand? All right. Anyway, I don't know why we even come up with these foolish things, but I do. What do you want for Christmas? Nothing. I canceled Christmas. The whole no Christmas, Christmas at my house. You're a Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. You're not coming over? Yeah, I'll probably come, come over. over. Come over. The, uh, the, plan, the plan right now is uh, my wife and I put together uh, some money, and we know of a local church that operates as a charity, and they bring in people and help them get off drugs and everything, so we're going to make an anonymous oh! donation, and oh, that is in lieu of Christmas presents. Nice. Somebody should get... Something just because Christmas is canceled doesn't mean no one gets anything, but it's very debonair of you. Yeah, it's debonair, uh, debonair AF, right? AF, 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 faux show. Yeah, you love Christmas. You love Christmas, me? Yeah, you know, it's delightful. Yeah, <laughs> delightful time of year. Do you stop traveling completely? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be with all my I've got a slew of grandchildren, nice. So I'll be, you know. With all the little elves. That's what it is. It's a kids thing, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kids. You got you got kids in there, and your kid went away. She's so in Australia. So you say Christmas no is cancel. over. Yeah. No Christmas. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Okay. So what should we expect? The new thing that you're not telling us about. Uh, foundation. New cigar. You may have touched on something earlier uh, in the broadcast. I think we did. I but I'm not confirming did. anything. All right. He nor confirms denies. nor denies. Yeah. I don't want to get fined. No. That would be the go-to, right? That's the missing element, I think. Yeah. And, and it would just be another upsetter or it would be a whole line on its own? It, would, would hypothetically human, speaking, hypothetically. if, if uh, Foundation Cigars were to come out with another product, would it be under the upsetter's umbrella, umbrella. or would there be a new umbrella? Well, um, you know, moving forward, um, we really want to solidify the, the whole foundation uh, Which is a great entity. name, by the way, yeah. because it is a strong foundation of what has been created mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the future. Yeah. 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 I like that. Mm -hmm. I like it, too. We have meetings uh, Monday and Tuesday this coming week. That's another reason why I'm up. So a okay. lot will probably be decided in these meetings. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I'd like you to send a, a press release uh, before you send it to anyone else to uh, Barry. <laughs> he loves the uh, scoop. Barry. He loves the scoop. The Cigar Authority. Yeah, yeah, com. Like loves, two, loves the scoop. Loves the two scoops. <laughs> two scoops, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a raisin brand fan? I was thinking ice cream. Oh, really? Yeah, right. I knew he was thinking ice cream right <laughs> really? out of the gate. No, two scoops of raisin brand. Don't yeah. you remember that? Yeah. No? no? I do, Dave. Yeah? Yeah. So I remember it, but I'm not a fan of the raisin brand. No? No. No, it's good for your. Bezzarelli? Yeah. Good. Apple yeah. cider. I said Bezzarelli for the sake of someone that's listening right now. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. A little inside joke. Yeah. So you got any events from now to Christmas that you're going around? You want to hype anybody up or <coughs> say you're going to be somewhere? To 
do an event to show up somewhere? Not between now and Christmas. No, it's no. Uh, you know meetings, and then uh, January I hit it. You hit it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be in Virginia doing a couple couple things. You get a lot of travel miles. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Yes, I how, do. What do. How do you feel about travel? Since the since everything happened, I mean, travel is so bad, right? The past ten years. Yeah, in fact, this last trip, I, I drove up from Atlanta. You know, here I am. You drove from Atlanta. Yeah, and the last trip up the, uh, to uh, New England, I I, I I did the same thing. You know, worked you, with what? four different reps in two weeks. You know, you rent a car to drive? No, I I actually drove. You drove your my, car. Yeah, my own car. What do you yeah. smoke while you drive? How do I drive? Uh, BMW. Really? Yeah. Okay, not bad. Good yeah. for you. Good. Well, you know. It's your, it's your office, it's your home, and it's your, it's your uh, yeah, yeah. vehicle, right? Yeah. That's how it is for you guys. Do you smoke in the car? Um, this new car, not, not yet, but, it, uh, you know, I don't have any firm rules against it. I'm, not, I'm hardly in a I like dealers. to light up in the dealership just to see what the guy who uh, sold me the car says. Yeah. Right? Usually right. They're usually horrified. Yeah. I didn't do that with this car, but, I, you know, I hear you. So what should we expect from Tabernacle? The, the right person, Jonathan, you're, you're selling people every day. This, so, listen, this particular size, I think, is approachable by anybody because I'm a mild smoker and I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not over the top strong. It brings you right to the edge, more, and, but it's more full-flavored. Lots of flavor. Lot of it's flavor. not killing me. Mm-hmm. Not killing Ed me. Sullivan, I honestly expected this to, be, to perform more like that Toro, and yeah. that was too strong for yeah. me. But this is, this is perfect. Yeah, I mean, Dave, as far as the customer, it should say everything that uh, the placement of Tabernacle is right near the Liga number nine. Okay. Okay. I got charred meats. <laughs> uh, definitely. From we have a huge no comment, yeah. no comment? from our panel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll comment. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let's talk about scotch tape. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That was a divergence. I Thank you. you. I got you. You're welcome. No, don't feel funny of whatever it is. You, you, you have to build your brand, and you, you've, you've built the other brands. So uh, you, you have to imagine that people are going to connect you with the other products, yes. every single product yeah. of what it is. Uh, as it is for Steve Saka, the same thing when he comes yeah. out. Not only do they connect him to the other products, they connect him to your products. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. these are the things because the connection that, that had it all, all between there. So mm-hmm. um, we, we know Nick loves the broadleaf anyway. Loves it. Boy, so, does he. Yeah. So, Always did. Yeah. So it, this would probably be his go-to, mm-hmm. this cigar. Yeah. This, this particular size, too. Not, as Jonathan said, not a size I would pick, but I, I like it. I should have picked this the first time. It's my size. I mean, I'm a Corona person for many years. Petite Corona, Corona person. It's oh, Sullivan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It gets right down to business. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. So, okay. Jeez, Rick Adito, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a thank long you. time coming. Absolutely. We'd love to see you when the book comes out. Yeah. And help promote yeah, it for you. Yeah, yeah, kick yeah. the book tour off right here. Mm-hmm. We'll give us a day or two to read it so that we can know exactly what to ask and things. Okay. You're going to give a couple of us two weeks to read it yes. if you can. Two weeks. We're slow. 637 oh pages. Oh, my God. I, yeah. Oh, my God. It'll be edited down, though. Yeah. It'll probably be uh, 100 pages. So <laughs> when, are you, when, are, when are you guessing? October? <clears throat> that's, that's what the hope is. That's okay. what the hope is. You know. Seems a long way off, but before you know it. It's been it's gonna... finished for a while, okay. but the, the process is I'm, I'm learning. It's daunting. Is, What's it's the name very of it? Daunting. Do you have a name? No, I have, I've yet to be inspired. So uh, with, with an actual name, you know, it's got to be chaptered up, which hopefully will be by spring. 
And then through the naming of the chapters, boom, um, something should hit me. Wow. You would think some people would write the name of the book and then the first thing. I work backwards. Yeah? Yeah. All right. You're you're, you're an interesting dude. Ardito. Slightly. The same as you. What? I don't know. I'll do that. Just throwing it out there. Okay. All right. Final (laughs) thoughts on Tabernacle. You guys all love it? Home run. Home run. Very good. Ed Sullivan buys 200 of them. Uh, I enjoy it. He he, uh, answers with his wallet, so we know that. But uh, that's it. Next week, uh, we're taping the show on Thursday, December 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Listen live on YouTube or on thecigarauthority.com. Joining us will be Oliver Nouveau from United Cigars. Until then, you've been listening to... The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And it's quite possible you've learned nothing else in the past two hours, so always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.